This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Well, today we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. And as sort of an introduction to that, one of the sermon commentators I found this week said that some biblical scholars suggest that the idle Thessalonian Christians assumed they didn't have to work because Jesus was coming soon. Others point to Paul's reference in verse 11 to busybodies as implying that some of, the Thessalon- some of Thessalonica's Christians were so busy meddling in others' lives that they had neither the time nor the energy left over to do their work. In either case, however, as the New Testament, as a New Testament scholar points out, those whose idleness Paul criticizes in this lesson aren't simply lazy or somehow unable to work. They are instead unwilling to work in ways that benefit the community. Those busybodies work to create the chaos in the community. Behaviors that negatively impact the community are, in fact, the focus of many of the apostles' ethical commands. Throughout his epistles, he often chose to focus on actions that harm the Christian as well as the broader Christian community. Now, with that in mind, we look at the first verse here, verse 6. And now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition you received from us. Now, the purpose in him telling them to withdraw themselves from the disobedient was not so much to punish the busybodies and the idle doers, but to simply deny them the right and the blessing of fellowship with their brothers and sisters in Christ until they repented. It put them out of the church into the domain of Satan, if you will, in hope that they might miss the fellowship of one of the church so much that they might miss the fellowship so much that they would repent of their sin and disobedience and get their lives right and in line with God's will. And why is that so important? It's because one of the observations that I found on this is that laziness and gossip are contagious. You see one person just kind of sitting around, not doing anything. He looks like he's having the time of his life, not working. And you say, hmm, the guy still gets food, so why don't I do that? So then there's one more sitting down. And then you got the gossips where, man, if something is just so juicy in terms of gossip, you just can't help but tell somebody else. Which reminds me of a story about three pastors getting together and one of them had an issue with gossiping. And so the pastors got sat down together and they started sharing their stories with one another. And then... There was this one big, humongously juicy story, and one of the guys started to fidget. He got kind of nervous, and he looked kind of excited. And they said, well, 
what's with you? And he says, I just can't wait to go back and tell other people about this. That's how this works. It's just so tempting to repeat a nice, big, fat, juicy, humongous rumor story, right? It's tempting. And so we have Paul warning us about being that way and then being lazy. Because if you think about it, lazy people are very self-centered because they're not thinking about the other people whose laziness they might impact. They're thinking about, I don't want to do that. You can't make me do that, you know, and this sort of thing. And who are they thinking about when they say, I don't want to do that? Well, they're thinking about themselves. And so Paul knows that if these people hold sway over the community in Thessalonica, that that church is going to start having real problems. Now, they already have some, or Paul wouldn't have had to write the letter. But that, co that community is going to go downhill. And the reason he's commanding them this is that he doesn't want that influence to take over in the Thessalonican Christian community. Now, he says about the idleness and not in accord with the tradition you received from us. Well, once again, we have this mention of tradition. And once again, it's those things established by the apostles' teaching. It's those practices in their faith that were shaped and molded by apostolic teaching, which was received directly from Jesus himself. And so, again, when he refers tradition to tradition, Paul is not thinking about whether or not you put white snow or red, or red cloth under the bottom of your Christmas tree, or whether or not you invite the family over for Thanksgiving dinner every year, or you have a switch back and forth. Well, well, this year it's our turn to go to your house. And back. He's not talking about that kind of stuff. He's talking about sound doctrine and those things that were established by the apostles and written down as we prayed in one of our prayers earlier today, that the scriptures are written for our instruction. So he's talking about those things when he talks about the traditions. Now, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, this is verse 7, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without praying for it, or paying for it rather, but with toil and labor we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. Another commentator said to bring them to their senses, Paul quotes his own example here. All his life he was a man who worked with his hands. The Jews glorified work. He who does not teach his son a trade, the Jews said, teaches him to steal. Paul was a trained rabbi. But the Jewish law laid it down that a rabbi must take no pay for teaching. Don't anybody get any ideas? So we find rabbis who were bakers, barbers, carpenters, stonemasons, bricklayers, and all who followed all kinds of trades. The Jews believed in the dignity of honest toil. And they were sure that a scholar lost something when he became so academic and so withdrawn from life 
that he forgot how to work with his hands. And we read in a few places in Paul's letters and in the book of Acts where it says that he stopped for a while, like when he was in Ephesus, and he worked with a couple of people making tents, which, by the way, is how we got the phrase for a missionary who has to work to support his way, a tent maker. And so Paul shows them the example of what Christian conduct and morality and character are like by continuing to do his work and showing those people the benefits and the blessing of being able to not be a burden on anybody. Now, he set the example for the people around him. Now, it was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. And here's a tough line here, Paul says. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Now, this verse has been used by many different people for many different purposes. But all he's talking about here is if they find somebody who is a gossip and lazy, don't let them eat. Only let them eat when they start joining in and helping out the brothers and sisters in Christ when they get busy and not with somebody else's business, but they do what they're supposed to do. And so, neither let them eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, Paul says again. Not busy at work, but busybodies. We all know, don't we, somebody who was a busybody, somebody who would go around the neighborhood and talk with everybody and then butt in in everyone else's affairs and talk about other people. You know, we knew who those people were. And in my case, when I saw them coming, I'd duck behind something so they wouldn't see me and tell me their story, whatever it was. And usually it was outrageous. So I avoided those people. And so that's what Paul's basically telling them to do. Don't have fellowship with them. Push them outside the community. And like we already said, hope that they miss the fellowship so much that they will realize that they need to get back right with God and in their, with right with their brothers and sisters in Christ. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Paul finishes that idea with this verse, verse 12. Now, if Paul forbids the Thessalonians to encourage their laziness by indulging it and teaches that it is those who prove themselves with the necessities of life by honorable and useful work that lead a life of holiness. So John Calvin said that Paul was talking about people who are productive and who do the right things. Those are the people who need to be emulated and imitated. Now, as for you brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. There are two other places in Paul's letters where he says something very much like that. He says, well, you will reap a, har reap a harvest if you do not give up. So he says for them, not to look at the circumstances, not to look around them and decide their fate or their future based on what they see, but keep doing the right things. 
still go out and do good stuff, do good work. David Guzik says about this verse that the, old, the older King James Version has this, be not weary in well-doing. There is plenty of well-wishing in the world. Well-resolving, well-suggesting, and well-criticizing are also found in abundance. But many people are good at well-talking, but there's not enough of simple well-doing. And then Spurgeon said about this, but well-doing consists in taking down the shutters and selling your goods, tucking up your shirt sleeves and doing a good day's work, sweeping the carpets and dusting the chairs. If you happen to be a domestic servant, well-doing is attending to the duties that arise out of our relationships in life, attending carefully to them and seeing that in nothing we are eye servers and men pleasers, but in everything are seeking to serve God. That should be our number one, a number one priority in our lives is finding a way, finding the ministry that God has appointed us to, or finding the work to which he's called us, and engaging in that task, and then focusing on doing that until God tells you to stop. And that's basically what Paul was talking about in the passage for today. So that's where we're going to close. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.